Hello, and welcome to the Ridge Weekly Podcast. We are diving into the rich and life-giving tradition of Advent this Christmas season. The word Advent, used to describe the 28 days that lead up to Christmas, stems from the Latin word Adventus, meaning coming. We want to spend this time intentionally slowing down, remembering Jesus' first coming, and growing our expectation of his second. In this season, it's easy to find ourselves lacking peace in our lives, but Jesus has come to bring peace. This week, Pastor Tim leads us up to Christmas with a talk from our series, Advent, He Has Come. We hope that this talk encourages and inspires you as you grow in your relationship with God and others. Well, good morning. I'm not a uh, sociologist, obviously, but if there were one quality that a country or the world needs, if it's to prosper, if it's to really thrive, if I had to pick just one quality, the, the quality I would pick would be peace. I think peace makes it possible for prosperity. When we're at peace, we can devote our energy to positive things and building things. When we lack peace, of course, the opposite is the case. We're all familiar with the war going on in Ukraine. The country can't prosper under those circumstances. I don't think anybody is thinking, I'd like to build a new company in Ukraine right now, or even a new house. You're not investing in progress when there's war going on. You have to pull back, or I think of a country like Afghanistan. Latest research I've done has indicated that it's the most dangerous country on the planet. So people are not waking up in Afghanistan and saying, oh, what can I do today to prosper? No, they're thinking, what can I do today to survive? Now, I think part of the reason that we as a country over the years have prospered is that for the most part, within our borders, we've been at peace. There have not been a lot of wars on American soil, and so we've been able to devote our energy to positive things, although there are other kinds of peace, as we'll see in a minute, because Our country does lack a certain kind of peace right now, and I would say at the highest levels of our government where we're not getting along very well, and you realize if there's not peace at that level, you don't get much done, do you? Peace paves the way for prosperity. Israel, during the time of King Solomon, experienced a season of peace. It was the first time in its history that it was at peace with all of its neighbors, and it began to prosper. It was this first time. It's written about in 1 Kings 4, 24 and 25. Speaking about Solomon, we read, he had peace on all his surrounding borders. Throughout Solomon's reign, Judah and Israel lived in safety from Dan to Beersheba, each man under his own vine and his own fig tree. I kind of imagine a scene there where you're just enjoying life. Sitting under, I mean, I've never sat under a vine or a fig tree, but you get the scene there that things are prospering and everyone's just enjoying their life, each one under his own fig tree or vine, and things were going so great. And so, such was the case throughout Solomon's reign. And right after we read about this piece, in the very next chapter, we read Solomon began to build the temple. He sent a letter to the king of Tyre, a guy named Hiram, and this is what he said in 1 Kings 5, 4 and 5. The Lord my God has now given me rest all around. Again, that's peace. There is no enemy or crisis, so I plan to build a temple for the name of Yahweh my God. Now that we're enjoying peace, I can devote my energy toward prospering our nation. And so for the next 40 years, this was the case. 
So prosperous was Israel during this time period that the wealth of the world was flowing into it. Gold and silver were so plentiful during Solomon's reign that silver became like stones in terms of their worth. It was worthless. You know, you show here, I got a pile of silver. Well, everybody does. It was that prosperous. And Solomon, again, he built his temple, and then he built his palace, and then he began to build horse stalls, and he, all over Israel, he was building, building. It prospered. I think this dynamic of peace leads to prosperity. I think this dynamic relates to relationships as well, or in our own lives. If, if we lack peace in our own lives, it's hard to prosper. You know, with, if within you, you don't have peace, it's just, you get so distracted by whatever's going on inside of you. Or if you lack peace with other people, especially if it's a loved one. I was reflecting on this and realized that in the last 35 years that I've been in ministry, it's really almost 40, but I realized I've only come to the office two or three times in my life where there was something between my wife and me. I'm not saying those are the only times we had disagreements. I'm saying it's the only time I came into the office and, and I wasn't at peace. And I remember on those occasions sitting in my office and thinking, it's her problem. You know, she's the one who's wrong and this and that. And then I would argue kind of with myself, well, I can get on with my work, you know. It's not a big deal, so I'll just, I'll just get going with my work. But I was, I was very, very distracted. It was hard to have peace. And if it's, you don't have peace, you don't prosper. It's hard to go forward. It's hard to make progress. Now, today we continue our series related to Advent. And if you've been here the last couple of weeks, you know that the word Advent means coming. And so we're celebrating the first and second comings of Christ. Jesus came first as a baby, but he's coming back as a king. And we love both of those occasions. And the subjects that you talk about at Advent are hope, faith, joy, and then peace. And I'm convinced that Jesus came into this world to provide peace, peace with God, inner peace, peace with others, and as we'll see in a little bit, a couple of other kinds of peace that Jesus is going to provide for us. In Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 and 7, an interesting title is given to Jesus. He's called the Prince of Peace. I think that's why he came. Let's read verses six and seven of Isaiah nine. For a child will be born for us, a son will be given to us, and the government will be on his shoulders. He will be named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. And then notice what it says next. The dominion will be vast and its prosperity will never end. Notice again the connection between peace and prosperity. They are Connected. Now, what exactly is peace? Well, the oldest root word I could find that is translated peace in our language, or it's the word from which we get our English word peace, is a word that means to fasten or bind together. And so you kind of have this sense, I've envisioned in my mind having like a couple pieces of rope and you bring them together or you weave them together. Peace is when you bring two together, when you bind them together. It came, though, to have some additional meanings, especially in the Greek and Hebrew languages, because those languages carry with it the idea that when you do come together, when you bind together, things go better, that you can prosper. 
And so the Hebrew word, for example, for peace is shalom. I think most of you have heard that. And a scholar by the name of E.E. Carpenter explained the idea behind the Hebrew word for shalom. He says the Hebrew translation of shalom is completeness or wholeness now, well-being or welfare and peace. It's derived from a root that means to be complete or to be sound. And so you have this extra idea that the two come together and now they're, now they're complete. Now they're sound. Dr. Warren Wearsby explains it this way. The Jewish word shalom or peace means much more than a truce in the battles of life. It means well-being, health, prosperity, security, and soundness. Shalom is what disappeared in the Garden of Eden when Adam and Eve sinned against God. When they rebelled against God, shalom was sacrificed. Because suddenly there wasn't peace with God between Adam and Eve. Suddenly there wasn't actually peace in all the creation. Things began to change so dramatically. There wasn't a wholeness. And I believe that eventually this is all going to be restored. One day there's going to be complete peace in all the different realms. But in the meantime, there's a lack of peace. And so if you're from a Jewish background and you meet someone, you say shalom. And if you say goodbye to someone, you say shalom as well. And what you're wishing them is wholeness, prosperity, blessedness in their life that they would indeed thrive. Peace is what brings things together. And it's part of the Christmas story, a big part of it. Now, last week we looked at the story of how the angels came to the shepherds who were in their fields at night Jesus had been born in Bethlehem and these angels came to announce the birth and at first just one angel showed up and he had his message today, a savior has been born for you in the town of David or the city of David. And then a bunch of angels showed up, but what was their message? Luke 2, 14. Glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to people he favors. Or some versions put a peace on earth, goodwill toward humanity. Glory to God in the highest, peace on earth. That's what Jesus came to bring. That's what Jesus came to achieve. Peace on earth in all the different realms in which it's possible. And of course, right now we're not experiencing that complete peace. But there is a peace that even now we begin to understand. There's a peace that we can have with God. There's an inner peace that we can have because of Christ and a peace that extends to other people, plus again, some other forms of peace. Now, this morning, I'd like to look at five ways in which Jesus brings peace, that peace was made possible through Jesus' coming in these five different ways. The first one is that he's the one who made it possible for us to have peace with God. In Romans 5.1, we read, Therefore, since we have been declared righteous by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, we're declared by God to be right or righteous, and it's on the basis of faith. Faith in what? In Jesus Christ. We've been declared righteous by faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, what people need to understand, and I think a lot of people maybe wouldn't agree with, is that if we have not put our trust in Christ, we're in a condition where we're still in our sin, in other words, our sin clings to us and it becomes in the way of a relationship with our Creator. In fact, in the New Testament, we are told that if a person has not put their faith in Christ, they're actually an enemy of God's. 
that there's a hostility. In fact, there's a wrath that God has. It's found in Ephesians chapter two, poured out against us in our sinful condition, but Jesus made it possible for that to change. He made it possible by taking upon himself the full penalty of our sin. He died in our place and for our sin. And it's like, the the, the image I have is that it's like this sin was on me. Jesus entered this world so that he could take it upon himself because he had committed no sin of his own. He took my sin off of me and with the sin removed from me now, my relationship with my creator could be restored. This is the peace we have with God. In Ephesians chapter two, the apostle Paul put it this way. When the Messiah came, of course, we're talking about that in the Advent here. When the Messiah came, he proclaimed the good news of peace to you who were far away. That's a reference to Gentiles or non-Jews. He proclaimed the good news or gospel of peace to you who were far away. And peace to those who were near. That's a reference to the Jewish nation. For through him, we both have access by one spirit to the Father. And so this is the starting point, putting our trust in the risen Lord Jesus Christ, the enmity that was between us and our God is removed, sin is removed, we begin this relationship with God. And the fact that this is found in the Christmas story demonstrates how this was really the message that Jesus came to proclaim good news of peace. Because I think of the story of the shepherds and that's a story where the good news was presented to some Jewish people. And then I think of the story of the Magi who came from Persia. They were Gentiles, non-Jews. You say, well, why was that story included in the Bible? Because God came to preach good news of peace, regardless of whether you're far away or whether you were near. And it's all because of Christ. He made it possible. The second type of peace that Christ provides is a peace within. Now, there are lots of things in our lives that take away our inner peace. And it it can be all day long, things happen. This past week for me was a a week, it wasn't the most peaceful week, I put it that way. It just wasn't. On Monday, my wife and I had to go to the hospital. If you were here last week, you know that she was diagnosed with lymphoma. We were there almost 10 hours. And I was kind of sitting down with my computer trying to get ready for the Christmas services, but it was kind of a little bit distracting. It was not the most peaceful environment. And, and knowing that she's suffering and, and, and all the commotion going on, it just wasn't a peaceful situation. Uh, we came home, though, and, and the next morning I made sure that everything was okay for Karen, that she had everything she needed, and then I needed to take a trip to, to my cabin, and she was going to join me later. So I... I show up at the cabin here and uh, an ice storm hit down in the Augusta area. An ice storm covered everything, a quarter inch of ice. So I woke up early in the morning, early Wednesday morning, and it was 57 degrees in, in my cabin. There was no electricity because the ice had knocked out the electricity. And without electricity, I don't have heat and I don't have water. And so I thought, well, I'll build a fire here. And so um, I went to build this fire. The problem is that I got the logs too close to the front of the fireplace and all the smoke came in instead of out. And so suddenly I'm gasping. So I had to open the windows and doors. Well, it was freezing outside. So the temperature continued to drop. I thought, this isn't working very well, you know. I'm glad I have a smart wife because she came up with some solutions in case something like this happened if we lost our power, which by the way, it's still out. But... 
She bought these, these mylar um, blankets. Do you know what a mylar blanket is? It's kind of like, almost like foil. It's thin, you know, you think, this can't keep you warm. Yes, it can. I was really surprised. It's just a little tiny thing, and you unfold it, and it, you look like you're lying in foil. And then I put the other blankets on as I went to sleep that night. And by the way, you say, why didn't you drive home? It was ice everywhere. I was stuck. I couldn't go, I couldn't stay. That thing kept me warm. It was really nice. And then my wife had also thought about this idea that maybe you'll need to power up your devices and everything if the power goes out. And so she bought these little batteries that uh, get the sun, power from the sun, solar batteries. And they were all charged up, so I was able to go. But it, the whole thing was not a peaceful situation. The next morning I woke up, it was 47 degrees. And I'm sitting there now. The only redeeming thing about the whole thing was that I was working on a talk related to peace. I thought, I, I, you know, when you're going through things and, and life isn't going your way and all, we've got to find ways to find peace. And Jesus Christ is able to give us that peace. And I found myself at a certain point where I was sitting in front of that fire. I had that Mylar thing on. I had my computer out. I was sitting there in a rocking chair. It was like I was, I was under my fig tree. And it was really wonderful, warm, everything else. Again, the power probably hasn't come back on yet as far as I know it hasn't, but I came to this place of peace. But Jesus can give us peace. In John 14, Jesus announced his disciples that he was going to be leaving them, which was kind of a big deal. He knew he was going to go to the cross. He knew he'd be buried and raised from the dead. He also knew he was going to be ascending back to his Father in heaven. He was going to be leaving them behind. And they were concerned about it, very concerned about it. But Jesus said these words in John 14, 27, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Your heart must not be troubled or fearful. I just take from this that Christ is able to give us the peace we need. He's able to do a work in our hearts regardless of what we're going through that we can find ourselves in this place of peace. Of course, this is mentioned in Philippians chapter four as well. Some of you have that memorized, Philippians 4, 4 through 8. Don't be anxious about anything. But in everything with prayer and supplication or requests, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. If we could learn to begin giving things over to Christ, giving things over to our Heavenly Father when we face them. He promises a peace that will come upon us, and I've seen this happen many times in my own life. And so Jesus came to bring a peace with God and a peace within, but third, there's a peace with other people. I think this one is related to the first two. Because part of the reason that people can't get along with other people and they're not at peace with other people is that they're not at peace with God and they're not at peace in here. You know, this is, this is what comes out when we have arguments with other people. It's usually the, the problem of the person who lacks peace in his own life is now bringing it. I'm thinking it's like Scrooge in A Christmas Carol. He had, he had an inner soul that was just kind of ugly. He, he despised people and hated life and didn't like Christmas and everything else. A change needed to take place from within him for him to then begin to not only get along with other people, but be a blessing to other people. And I think God wants to do that. And this is particularly needed in our day and age right now because there's just a lot of anger out there. 
I finally came back from my cabin, and some of you know the intersection by on the Grafton Road, right by the Walmart there, where there's a point if you're heading south. The two lanes become one, and there's usually a race that goes on with those two lanes. And I was back here, and there's a truck here, and another car, and the, the light turns green. Well, a truck coming from the sheets that's right there came to that intersection, but didn't stop, didn't hardly look, just shot out in front of that truck. Wow, it was kind of fun watching it a little bit, but I was keeping my distance. The one truck was about a foot from the other truck. You really, you know, you messed with the wrong guy here, cutting out in front of me. That that truck that cut out was wrong. But so is the other one. By the way, when I tell driving stories, I'm never that guy that does that because I want to live. Because <laughs> these days, these days. But what if people just have peace in their heart and soul? Something like that happens. They don't get all worked up about it. They say, "Well, what you did was wrong." In Matthew five nine, Jesus said, "The peacemakers are blessed, for they will be called sons of God." It's, God's like this Himself. That's why, if you're a peacemaker, you, you, God loves to identify Himself with you as one of His children. And in Romans 12:18, the Apostle Paul said, "If possible, on your part, live at peace with everyone." Now, I recognize that's not always possible. There are some people that will, no matter what you do, they will refuse to be at peace with you, and and you can't solve that particular problem. But you could be at peace within yourself. And even be at peace toward that other person, regardless of how they treat you. But let's look at a fourth kind of peace that Jesus Christ is going to bring. This one has to do with his second advent: is peace throughout the world. A writer by the name of J.K. Lanny, in his book *Marching Orders*, cites the Society of International Law. It's a place in London, and they said this: that during the last four thousand years. There have been only 268 years of peace. Out of the last 4,000, there have been only 268 years of peace, worldwide peace, in spite of 8,000 historically recorded peace treaties. In the last three centuries, and I'd add the word alone, in just those last three centuries, there have been 286 wars on the continent of Europe. Can you imagine that? Four thousand years of history, and only a little over two hundred and fifty years where there was absolute peace. One interesting thing about the, that peace is that the longest segment of peace lasted about two hundred of those years, a little bit more even, and it occurred during the time of Jesus. Well, a few years before Jesus was born, twenty-seven BC or BC twenty-seven, and going to AD one eighty was a, a season in history called Pax Romana. It was a unique period in history where the entire Roman Empire was at peace, and everybody could thrive in that particular environment. A website by the name of June29.com explains what the period was like. The Pax Romana was a time of great peace and prosperity. There's that word again, in the Roman Empire. It was time a time of great advances in art, literature, and architecture. The Pax Romana was also a time of great religious tolerance, with many different religions being practiced side by side. Now, I believe that it was intentional on God's part 
to bring about this peace for when Christ would be born. Because what this meant was that when Jesus was born and the gospel began to spread, the world was at peace and it spread like crazy. And this new religion was able to spread because of this Pax Romana. Now again, Jesus is the Prince of Peace and we haven't really had peace, much peace since then, since that time period. But he's gonna come back one day and bring about world peace. Earlier, I quoted from Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 and 7, and I looked at the fact that Jesus was called the Prince of Peace. Well, that reference is pointing to the future when Jesus Christ is going to reign. So let me read what verses 6 and 7 say as you bring them together. For a child will be born for us, a son will be given to us, and the government will be on his shoulders. So one day, this one ruler, of course, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess Jesus is Lord. He'll be named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. The dominion, his dominion will be vast and its prosperity will never end. He will reign on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish and sustain it with justice and righteousness from now on and forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will accomplish this. So I'm looking forward to that day. When one when, day there's going to be peace peace on this earth for a period of time, and then extending into eternity. But in addition to peace with God and peace within and peace with others and this worldwide peace or peace throughout the world, the last peace I want to mention is what I call universal peace or peace throughout the universe. That's ultimately what Jesus came to bring. Ultimately, what Jesus came to do is restore shalom to the Garden of Eden, to restore shalom to all of creation that was removed when Adam and Eve sinned. In Isaiah 11, verses 6 through 9, we read an interesting characteristic of this millennial kingdom that I told you about. See, we believe Jesus is going to come back and reign for a thousand years, and then at the end of the reign, he's going to create a new heaven and a new earth where everything will be as it was before the Garden of Eden. But at the beginning of that millennial reign, something interesting is going to happen. Jesus in Israel is going to create peace where even the animals get along with each other. It's the beginning of this shalom on all the creation. Isaiah writes about it in 11, Isaiah 11, 6 through 8. We read the wolf on that day will live with the lamb, and the leopard will lie down with the goat, the calf, the young lion, and the fatling will be together, and a child will lead them. The cow and the bear will graze, their young ones will lie down together, and the lion will eat straw like the ox. An infant will play beside the cobra's pit, and a toddler will put his hand into the snake's den. And the implication is that he won't get bitten, because there'll be none of that going on. You won't see these nature movies where one, you know, the leopard's chasing after this critter or whatever. There's going to be peace. Now, this describes a peace that's going to be on the mountain of the Lord and in Israel, but it's a picture of the eternal peace that's one day going to be coming. And it's going to be a different world. Amos, the prophet Amos in Amos chapter 9 even describes a different characteristic of this world when Jesus is going to be reigning. The crops will produce just an, an incredible amount of, of fruit from the crops. It's going to be such 
that when somebody is getting ready to plant in the, in the spring of the year, you know, and you're plowing the field to get ready to put down the seed, you're going to have to stop. The plow guy's going to have to stop because he has to wait for the guy that's still picking the old crop. That's how much, there's going to be such a crop that all year round they're going to be collecting this. This is the piece, a picture of the piece that's coming one day. And I can't wait. So Jesus is the Prince of Peace. One scholar called him the tranquilizer. I think that's an interesting description. He's the great tranquilizer. And this is why we talk so much about Jesus around here. What do we do to apply this to our lives? Well, I encourage you to take one of these and spend some time working on it. It could be for some of you, peace with with God through faith in Christ. You may need to make that decision to acknowledge your sinfulness and your condition before God. Realize I am a sinner and I know that comes between me and you, God. But I want to put my trust in your son, Jesus. I know he died for me and rose again. I want him to save me. And you reach out to Jesus to be your savior. And when we put our faith in Christ, we now have peace with God through him. For some of you, the main issue you deal with in life is a peace within. And again, Paul said, don't be anxious about anything. Don't worry about anything. We can really give things over to God and experience this supernatural peace. It does involve, by the way, giving it to God. Because I think sometimes we think, well, I'm praying about this thing. Where's the peace? Well, it's not just about praying about something. It's about taking that thing and giving it over to him. And then a peace that surpasses all comprehension will guard your hearts and minds in Christ. And we need this peace within. By the way, the Holy Spirit produces that too. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. For some of us, it's restoring peace in a relationship with someone else. Maybe that's what God would like you to do. And then for some of us, maybe it's just to fix our eyes on that day when Jesus is coming back. A lot of verses tell us to do that. Fix your eyes on the day when you're going to receive grace and Christ comes back. Knowing he's coming back is the thing that will give us the ability to pursue or move on in this life, especially when we face difficult times. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the peace that you've made possible through your son Jesus, that he opened the way for us. We recognize that we don't have all the peace we need in this world yet, but it's coming. And we celebrate that and help us to be peacemakers. And help us to be ones, O Lord, too, that introduce others to the Prince of Peace. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Ridge Weekly Podcast. If you'd like to hear more messages now, you can check out our past series at theridge.church slash messages or download the free Ridge app. Thanks again for listening and we will see you next time.